When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Thank you for joining me on this Friday. I'm going to get into the rest of the matchups. Part one of the matchup preview was yesterday. Part two, I'm going to go over the other eight games uh, in this week five. Uh, I do want to go over some of the injuries first. Uh, Christian McCaffrey listed as doubtful. He did return to practice this week in a limited fashion, uh, but they're going to hold him out one more week, as they should. Hamstring injury, soft tissue. You don't want to. You don't want to rush him back. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, solid RB two this week against Philly. Uh, Philly has given up a ton of rushing yards to running backs. Uh, I think they're only behind the Seahawks. You know, obviously before Thursday night, um, and and I think they're only like a few yards below them on less target on less carries. So. Uh, they're they're a good matchup for Chuba. I think that he could get 15 to 20 touches in this game, uh, and 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 do his thing. Sam Darnold did, did take away some touches from him last week uh, near the goal line, and it's possible that you know. And Chuba, it was in uh, on, on you know was on the field for those plays, so I'm good with him in my lineup this week. Dalvin Cook, he's listed as questionable. My guess is that he'll play. I I, I just. You know, I would hope that they could just rest him one week so he can get what you know get back to one hundred percent, so we don't have to worry about him you know missing half of the game and then him reaggravating and then this vicious vicious cycle just continues for weeks, right? Um, but whatever. If Dalvin Cook plays, I'm going to play him too. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, he didn't practice on Friday. My, Friday, my guess is that he doesn't play. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan would be like a low-end RB2 in his place. Uh, I think he'll share some work with Chris Evans, but I see P. Ryan playing around 65% or so of snaps. You know, you know, solid play. You know, if you don't have Mixon this week uh, or if you have some running back issues, I'm fine playing P. Ryan as a low-end RB2 or a flex. Uh, TJ Hawkinson got in a limited practice on Thursday. Uh, we'll see about his status on Friday, but he did actually, he did return. He did practice on Friday too. Um, so, you know, potential game time decision here. We'll see, uh, just monitor my stories for that. Uh, but it, it's trending towards him playing this week. Uh, T Higgins, he looks ready to go. Uh, you know, his coach said that he had a great week of practice. So I'm starting him as a low end wide receiver too. Um, Naheem Hines, he has a shoulder injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, but he did return to some capacity on Friday. I'm guessing that they won't play him, you know, at, with at his full role. But Marlon Mack, unfortunately, did return last week and played uh, some significant snaps, um, which sucks for everyone who has Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he's a game time decision. Uh, he re- he returned to practice on Friday after not practicing on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, he has a shoulder injury, uh, but if he doesn't play, James Conner is going to be a borderline RB one play, high in RB two play. Uh, you know because of the fact that he was already getting touches, he was getting goal line work, and now he's going to just going to be more involved in the passing game. So you know, ton of opportunity uh, for Conner potentially in this game if Edmonds does miss. Uh, Sterling Shepard. You know, he has that hamstring injury. He did return to practice, uh, but my guess is that he doesn't play. I don't think he's getting full practices in yet, um, so probably have to wait another week for him. 
Julio Jones looks like he's not at practice on Friday, so it looks like he'll miss this week with a hamstring injury. Big game for A.J. Brown this week, potentially getting a bunch of targets. Um, he is back this week after getting some full practices um, starting early in the week. Melvin Gordon, he's going to play after not practicing much this week. Um, Jimmy G, he has a shot to play if he practices on Friday, so keep an eye on that. My guess is that he doesn't play, but um, you know Trey Lance would be a QB1 if Jimmy can't go. If Jimmy is active for whatever reason, it's going to be so tough to start Trey Lance, even though he could get it done in, in a half of football like he did last week, but but I, I wouldn't take that chance. All right, let's get into the games. Uh, let's start with Packers at Bengals. Uh, Aaron Jones, high-end RB1. Uh, I'm not making much out of A.J. Dillon and, and his his uh, volume last week. You know, it's worth noting that if the Packers are leading for so long, Dylan will close out the game. Uh, while the games are close, though, Jones will be the guy. So there's no use in trying to figure out those game scripts. You know, it's usually in vain unless it's obvious. Uh, Dylan, he did look good, though. So if Jones were to ever get hurt, Dylan has an RB1 appeal. So just in case he's on the waiver wire, he should not be on the waiver wire. Okay. Devonta Adams, he's in. The matchup is fine there. Randall Cobb, he had a big game last week with two touchdowns and with MVS out, you know, his routes did go up and he had an 18% target share. Um, his targets per route run was at about 25%. So when he was running routes last week, Rodgers was looking for him. And that makes sense. That's his boy. Um, that can continue. So Cobb is now in flex consideration uh, and it's a decent matchup against Cincinnati. Aaron Rodgers too, solid QB1 play. Uh, now, the Bengals' offense, they play slow. They're run-heavy. Now, with Joe Mixon potentially out, who knows if he's playing. He didn't practice this week, right? So, if he doesn't go, I can't imagine they come in to this game thinking that Samaj Piran, Chris Evans is going to be a 1-2 punch in a run-heavy game script against the Packers, right? If, if Mixon doesn't go, uh, I think Piran will be ranked as a low-end RB2. I can see him playing about 65% of snaps or so, like I said before. Um, if the game does stay relatively close, I think the more involved, um, I think the more involved P. Ryan will be, you know, opposed to having Chris Evans in there. If Mixon is active, um, I for whatever reason, I'd play him like as an RB2 to take the injury into account. Um, he should honestly take the week off, though, to heal up if he's not 100%. Now, the Bengals wide receivers, uh, you know, had some great matchups over the last two weeks. This week's okay, not the best. Um, the perimeter has been average. The slot defense has been good. I just have to say that, you know, this passing offense has overachieved. They've been efficient, right? Um, but they're slow. And, and they honestly, they, they've been scoring more than what they should have. If you look at the numbers and if you look at like what their expected points should have been, right? So J Jamar Chase has been scoring. He's still a high-end wide receiver three with T. Higgins potentially back this week. Uh, Higgins is the wide receiver that I want on this offense right now. He's a low-end wide receiver two moving forward, including this week. Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three. So I have Higgins, Chase, and Boyd, and that's how I have it for the rest of the season, um, you know, unless things drastically change, because Higgins is leading them in target share, uh, and we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks with Higgins back. But if Higgins, um, you know, doesn't go this week for whatever reason, if there's some, some, some surprise on Sunday, um, the other two get, obviously, you know, slight boosts. Uh, Boyd was above 30% target share the last three weeks, so you know he'll be a wide receiver too if Higgins is out. Chase was near right under 30% target share with Higgins out the last two games, so he would be a wide receiver too as well. Um, and, and and by the way, like he gets to run away from Jerry Alexander on about 70% of his routes, and Alexander does stay on his side, so that's good for him. Um, 
CJ Ozama would get a bump in routes if Higgins is out again, but it looks like Higgins is playing. So if CJ Ozama, uh, if he was someone you were considering, I would personally uh, not consider him anymore. All right, Patriots at Texans. Um, the Texans are the Patriots are favored by nine and a half points. The total is only thirty nine and a half in this game. Um, not great. Um, <laughs> this is a great matchup for Damian Harris, though. The Texans are giving up five yards per carry. The Patriots are are, are favored by almost ten points. Um, so we can potentially see twenty carries from him. The hope is that he can score. Otherwise, he doesn't really put up a huge put a huge dent in the score without a role in the passing game. Jacoby Myers, he's the guy in, in the New England passing game, 20%, t- 27% target share each of the last two weeks. Uh, so he's a solid wide receiver three if this continues. Uh, he's playable in any format, but he is preferred in PPR leagues since his depth of target isn't as high. Uh, outside of him, the targets are pretty distributed, so there's no one else to talk about uh, there. Brandon Bolden has the James White role now, but there is a chance uh, he gets a, f- a few catches in this game. Um, but this isn't necessarily the game, uh, you know, where we should expect Bolden to be on the field a ton if you kind of consider game script or what the expected game script should be. Uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, he'll actually stay away from J.C. Jackson a lot of this game, which is good, so he can still do his thing. Um, I don't think this is as bad of a matchup as he had last week, so with a 37% target share on the year, I think he should be in your lineup as a wide receiver too. Um, That's about it for the Texans' offense. Moving on to the Bears at, at the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by four points, uh, implied total of 45. Uh, now, with David Montgomery out, I think Damian Williams should see at least 65 to 70% of snaps, maybe more. If the game stays close, I expect him to potentially you know, get maybe 75% of snaps. Um, Khalil Herbert came in last week at the end of the game to kind of kill the clock, so Damian Williams' snap counts uh, were a little bit skewed because of it. Uh, he's a solid RB2 this week against the Raiders. They've given up four and a half yards per carry, the seventh most fantasy points to running backs. He got a full practice in on Thursday, so he's good to go. So we just shouldn't have to worry about that bruised quad that he had. Um, let's see. Darnell Mooney finally had a big game last week after all the hype. He, it, it took Justin Fields to get comfortable for it to happen, uh, and we were kind of waiting for Fields to be the guy before uh, we were to trust Mooney. And I think Mooney is entering the wide receiver three ranks now. And he has upside to move up even further if he continues to show some rapport with Fields. Uh, or show re- more rapport with Fields. Um, he saw 38% of targets last week. 50% of air yards. 27% target share for the season. So, you know, Vegas has been alright against wide receivers so far. but So it's not the easiest matchup in the world. But I- I'd start him as an upside flex play this week. All right, so what do you do with Allen Robinson? He's been running almost 50% of his routes from the slot this year, uh, and that's actually where Vegas is most vulnerable. They're giving up the ninth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. He's a flex play right now until his target share comes up, and he he builds that rapport with Justin Fields. Uh, I think it's going to come. Uh, I'm not giving up on Allen Robinson. He's a, he's a fantastic wide receiver, and I think he could potentially make his way all the way up to a borderline wide receiver one if Justin Fields can come through you know, later on this year. Cole Komet, I think he should be back on our Raiders a bit. He's running a ton of routes. He got a 20% target share last week. I'll be monitoring that to see if it continues, um, you know, because it has gone up. I'm not starting him this week, but I want to see if he has that rapport with Justin Fields. 
On the Raiders side of the ball, you're starting Darren Waller as a high-end tight end one. Josh Jacobs is a touchdown-dependent RB2 this week at home. The Raiders are favored, and the Bears haven't been like a shutdown defense against the run like they have in previous years. So I'm okay starting Jacobs this week. Derek Carr, especially especially with the Raiders at home and not in Chicago. Um, Derek Carr, he can be started in deeper leagues. As long as the Bears don't get to him pressure-wise, he should be all right. The Bears secondary has not been good this year. Browns at the Chargers. The Chargers have given up the fifth most rushing yards this season, and the Browns' game plan is to run the ball, right? I'd start Nick Chubb as a low-end RB1, Kareem Hunt as an RB2 with upside um, this week. Hunt is, uh, you know, he's getting, you know, slightly less less share of the run game um, than Chubb, but it, he's the main back being targeted in the pass game. Over the last two weeks, Hunt has been targeted on more than a quarter of his routes run. Um, OBJ, he got the target share at 24% after seeing 32% of targets the last week, the week before that. But the, the production was definitely disappointing, especially considering the fact that he was going up against the Vikings. The matchup was, was pretty good. Um, he, he did pretty much reach 50% of air yards each of the last two weeks. So I'm going to continue to start OBJ as a high-end wide receiver three, even in a relatively tough matchup. Austin Eckler, high-end RB1. The boost in usage near the goal line is awesome for Eckler's value. Um, another double-digit target game for Keenan Allen last week. The production wasn't there, but at least the targets were. He's averaging about 11 targets per game through four four games. Um, he does have the better matchup between between him and Mike Williams. The Browns have given up the 14th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers, while they've given up the sixth fewest to perimeter wide receivers. I'm still starting Mike Williams as a high-end wide receiver too. One catch last week was definitely a huge surprise, but I'm hoping that it was just a blip in the radar. Justin Herbert, lowering QB1 this week. Um, the Browns' defense has played very well over the last two weeks. Pretty much shut down the Vikings' offense last week in Minnesota. Um, so I can, I can you know, understand tempering expectations on Justin Herbert. Okay, moving on to the Giants at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are favored by 7.5 points, 51 point over under. Um, Saquon Barkley's back. He's practicing in full. He's getting a full workload. Now 89% of snaps last week, getting used in all the ways you want. Uh, he's a high in RB1 regardless of matchup and even finished as the RB2 last week. Uh, Kenny Galladay practiced in full on Thursday as well, but Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton did not. The Giants are a pass-heavy team, and Galladay ran a full complement of routes last week, received a 23% target share, 42% of air yards, um, and, and it doesn't look like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are going to play this week, even though they did return to some capacity of practice on Friday. Now, there's a good chance he gets shadowed by Trevon Diggs, who has been playing very well. It's a tough matchup, but I'm still willing to start Galladay as a solid wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Because of the past heavy offense, Daniel Jones continues to be a streamer. He's actually playing very well, believe it or not. This isn't a matchup that I think is amazing because the Cowboys have been playing better, but Jones got it done. This is a high-scoring game. He's probably going to have to pass a ton later in the game to keep up with the Cowboys. Um... And the Cowboys are favored uh, by more than a touchdown in this game. The Cowboys have also allowed the fourth most fantasy points to QBs, so there is some upside here. CeeDee Lamb, 25% target share on the season. Didn't have a productive couple of weeks, uh, but they've been a bit run heavy. Uh, Amari Cooper's health seems to be an issue. He hasn't been targeted at a 20% rate since week one, 
We'll see if James Bradbury chooses to shadow one of these guys, but the Giants are giving up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, you know, as a whole on either side. The production has been disappointing lately, but these guys are going to bounce back. Um, they're both solid to high-end wide receiver twos right now. Zeke is an RB1. The Giants are giving up the, the 10th most rushing yards uh, for the season, so keep him in your lineup. It's funny how much people were stressing over Zeke after two weeks of the season. He's the RB3 on the year. A uh, good matchup for Dak Prescott, too, who's playing at a very high level right now. Seeing him scramble for that 20-yard run last week was a good sign that his ankle is getting better. Um, the Giants are in the top 10 in terms of giving out the most fantasy points to QB, so keep him in your lineup. All right, moving on to the 49ers at Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are favored by 5 points, 53 over under. Um, Trey Lance, listen, like he has a good shot at starting this week. He has his accuracy issues. We saw some ugly throws. Last week after he took over, but he he scored enough fantasy points in one half of football that would have made you pretty happy if your starting QB did that in the whole game. He ran for 41 yards on seven rushing attempts, and that that number is really what matters. That was one half of football. Um, so if he's playing a, a whole game, he's a QB one and has the upside of being a high end QB one. Uh, you know, if this game, you know, if this game is a high scoring game, like he has some serious upside. Debo Samuel, clear wide receiver one for this team. It doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. Brandon Ayuk reverted back to a part-time player last week after getting a full-time role in week three. So he needs to stay on the bench or just dropped if he can't take it anymore. I don't know what the issue is with him. He played extremely well as a rookie. Um, He was a very good route runner. I have a hard time dropping that kind of talent. I I understand, you know, I understand it when you got to make moves because of injuries and bye weeks coming up and all that. So I get it. Um, you know, Badibo, he commanded 32% of targets last week, 33% of target share on the year. He's a high-end wide receiver too right now. I don't I don't know if that's going to change change much. Now, I'm hoping that the QB change doesn't change anything there, but Lance did target Debo on 44% of his throws last week. Uh, George Kittle ended up getting two targets from Lance, um, but Kittle has been running a route on more than 80% of dropbacks and got a 24% target share than a 26% target share over the last two weeks. So he's going to be in my lineup. Elijah Mitchell isn't wearing the no contact jersey in practice anymore, but he's still getting in limited sessions as of Thursday. Uh, he's on the West Coast, so like I, I don't know what his status is for Friday. We'll, we'll see what the deal is. Uh, just monitor my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. I'll definitely be giving you that update there. Uh, but Trey Sermon you know, did his thing last week, so the backfield just became murky. If Sermon couldn't get it done last week, maybe we see Mitchell, you know, as the guy this week taking over, you know, if he plays. But now it's a wait and see, right? The backfield isn't a void for me unless Mitchell is out, in which case I'd play Sermon as a low-end RB2. Um, Otherwise, it's very tough to decide if either running back would be worth plugging into lineup, you know, while they share the backfield touches potentially. On the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, high in QB1, obviously. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins' target share was down in Week 2 and Week 3, but it went up to uh, 24% in Week 4. Uh, he had control on of almost 50% of air yards as well. Uh, now, the 49ers have actually been pretty good at defending the left perimeter, giving up the 5th least fantasy points to wide receivers running routes from there, and that's where Hopkins runs almost all of his routes from. So I temper expectations, but still starting him as a high-end wide receiver too. Christian Kirk was hardly involved in the pass game last week in terms of targets, but his route participation actually went all the way up to 88%. He's, he's a low-end, that's the highest of the season, by the way. He's a low-end wide receiver three because of the offense he's in. Um, otherwise, he would be like a flex option, you know, or, or lower than that because, you know, he's not getting targeted consistently, right? But the spike in routes run, 
you know, we have to recognize that he's boom bust, but he actually has a good matchup this week. The 49ers are allowing the 11th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers, and he has a shot of hitting that boom this week. Chase Edmonds, you know, he has that shoulder injury. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be a game time decision most likely. Uh, he's been one of the most consistent running backs though. He's actually the RB twelve on the year in PPR leagues. Um, you know, he would like if he was healthy, he's like a must start running back in PPR leagues, and he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet. Right, um, so we'll see. You know, he'll be a game time decision. James Conner scored two touchdowns each of the last two weeks. I'd be selling if possible, and if you have him, I hope you have tried your best. Um, but he is going to make a pretty good play this week if Edmonds doesn't play or is limited. Um, but he would be high in RB two if Edmonds does miss. All right, moving on to the Bills and the Chiefs. Zach Moss really came on over the last couple of weeks. He played on more snaps than Devin Singletary two weeks in a row. He's running more routes two weeks in a row, and he's also come uh, come on in terms of short yardage situations and inside the five situations. So, um, and he's get, getting some work in two minute drills as well. So potentially having a role in all the important aspects of the game when it comes to running backs producing fantasy points. So you know he's not an RB two just yet because Singletary needs to go away a little bit more. Um, but Moss is still on a good offense, and he's a high upside flex because of it. And because he is seeing snaps and touches in key situations, you know, it's possible that just 15 opportunities against the Chiefs, for example, who has been who have been vulnerable against running backs on the ground, you know, he could still pr- produce RB2 numbers, right, with, uh, you know, upside for even more. Um, he's he's He has to see at least 14 touches. Um, no, I'm sorry, he did see... 14 touches in the last two games. So, you know, Singletary, you know, Devin Singletary, he's not someone I'm putting in my lineups. I'm, you know, either holding him as like a handcuff so that like if Moss were to get hurt, which he has, by the way, over the, you know, over the first two, you know, year and a half of his, you know, NFL career. Um, But Singletary, you know, he's had situations where he has to carry the full load uh, for the Bills and he's produced in most of them. Uh, Josh Allen, he's in your lineup as a high-end QB1 um, Stefan Diggs, 28% target share on the year on a high volume passing offense. So he's obviously in your lineup every single week. The matchup is also great with the Chiefs giving up the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So if you want to play Emmanuel Sanders this week, he's a borderline wide receiver three play with upside because of the matchup and the offense that he's on. Cole Beasley doesn't have a good as good of a matchup. Uh, the Chiefs have actually held slot wide receivers to the third least fantasy points through four weeks. Um, He's still a solid PPR flex play, honestly, because of his random games with 13 targets, which he's had two of already this year in four games. Dawson Knox, he's playing well enough, and he's playing enough snaps on a good offense to the point where he's startable. 27% target share last week might be a little bit of a blip on the radar after 10% and 13% the two weeks before, but he's scoring touchdowns either way. The Chiefs have also given up the fourth most fantasy points to the tight end position so far this year, and a lot of that is a result of giving up the most receiving yards uh, to tight ends so far this season. You're obviously starting Patrick Mahomes on the on the other side of the ball. He's he is the QB one over the first four weeks. By the way, last week was a reminder uh, why Tyreek Hill is in your lineup as well. No matter what, um, I'm interested to see the role that Josh Gordon plays in his first game with the Chiefs. I, I won't be starting him, but I'm interested in seeing what what happens there. I'd be selling Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Helaire after these two good games he's had against two teams who has had issues stopping the run. His upcoming upcoming schedule isn't as great, so I'm selling. Um, but anyway, you know, I'm fine starting him as a low-end RB2 this week against the Bills. I think this will be a more pass-heavy script for Mahomes. And I don't think, 
you know, Clyde edwards Hilaire will be as efficient going forward, you know, with the two touchdowns he scored in the receiving game on only two ta- two uh, catches in each game, you know, last over the last two weeks. Moving forward to the Colts at the Ravens, Jonathan Taylor had a good matchup last week. He came through. Naheem Hines is banged up going into this game. However, Marlon Mack came through again with 31% of snaps, of course, last week. So instead of giving those snaps to Jonathan Taylor, which we all would have greatly appreciated, Marlon Mack swooped in and took about 30% of the rushing work as well, which sucks. Um, The Ravens are giving up less than four yards per carry to opposing running backs this year. Uh, But the bigger problem is that we need to say, you know, we want Taylor to get volume, right? Now, 19 touches was fine last week, and hopefully that can continue. uh, But he didn't get as much volume the two weeks prior. So he's a solid RB2 this week regardless. Michael Pittman, uh, he's averaging 30% of targets over the last three weeks. The Ravens have been playing relatively well against perimeter wide receivers. I don't mind playing him this week because he'll get the targets but he's probably a low-end wide receiver three for me this week i think most weeks he'll be ranked as a high-end wide receiver three you know in decent matchups this could be a little bit of a a nice buy low window for him either you know before monday night uh or after this week if he has another bad output in the production column uh, because he is going to get the targets um, Zach Pascal, a little bit of a sneaky play this week. I guess I say this every week, but the Ravens are giving up the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So if you play showdown on Monday night, maybe you want to consider him in your lineup if you're trying to differentiate a little bit. Uh, on the Ravens side of the ball, it looks like Latavius Murray is the lead back right now. Who knows if Tyson Williams will be active for that game. I'm not dropping Williams if I have the room, just in case his backfield is still in flux from the coach's perspective. Um, I think if Tyson is an inactive again, I'm fine dropping him. And Williams, um, I'm sorry, Latavius Murray would be a low-end RB2 with a decent amount of touchdown upside. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's obviously in as a high end QB1. He's getting elite usage because of the uptick in attempts this year. The rushing production is still there on top of it. Um, so he, he's he's locked in your lineup. You, you can't really bench Hollywood either. He's killing it. He's a high wide receiver too right now, especially with Lamar throwing it more. Um, you know, And Indy isn't necessarily a matchup you're staying away from, very neutral. So he's in your lineup. Hollywood would have, you know, been would have actually been like probably the wide receiver one for the year if he caught those touchdowns in week three, right? The ones that he dropped. But yeah, unbelievable. But anyway, I think that's it. Let's see. I just got some alerts here on my phone. Um, Giants, uh, so Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton have been ruled out. So good for Kenny Galladay. Um, Antonio Gibson playing through a stress factor in his shin. Uh, That's not great, and he has a terrible matchup this year. So I'm good on him. Um, And that's about it. I think Julio Jones has been ruled out. That's all, that's all we got. All right, guys. Um, listen, um, I know that we couldn't get through all the updates in terms of injuries because it is still Friday afternoon on the East Coast, my time. So, you know, just keep up to date with my Instagram stories at Upperhand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, that's where I'm going to be going through uh, all the injuries and I'll be keeping you guys updated uh, as news comes out with a little bit of news and analysis to go with it. So I hope you guys get your wins this week. Uh, enjoy the games. Have a great weekend. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. See ya.